Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Movie Podcast. On today's show, we will be reviewing Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens. This podcast contains spoilers and strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Movie Podcast. Uh, this is Mike Winkler, and I'm here with... Jason Kabasik. All right, everybody. Welcome to our first show. We're pretty excited about this. Um, we just got done watching The Force Awakens. It's been a while. Yes, it has, and this is going to be the first review that we do. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it, and you know... Uh, just to let you guys know, we are going to be doing the first couple of podcasts are going to be Star Wars ones. Uh, Sorry, I know you guys are probably all sick of the hype and everything right now, but we're just going to get the Force Wiggins done, which is going to lead into The Last Jedi. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, we had to do this one before we did Last Jedi. I think it was only fair to do that instead of waiting for Last Jedi. Which, at that point, then, once we get done with that, we'll start broadening our horizons, getting into more films. Absolutely. We'd like to hear from you, so you can get in contact with either of us. We'll be more than happy to... Take your suggestions. Take a look and see what we think. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna have this on our Facebook page. We'll give all the details when the show is over, and you can contact us at our emails too as well. If you have questions for us or you want to request something to be reviewed, we'll be more than happy to do it. Well, of course, no question. So uh, let's divulge into the Force Awakens here a bit. So I remember when this got um, announced in 2012 when Disney officially bought Lucasfilm. I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be a complete disaster. Well, I think a lot of people thought with Disney buying it, it was going to be kiddie, you know, too much kid stuff. They were going to, you know, make it all for children. Oh, of course. You know, we, we nobody thought that maybe we were going to go in the adult direction. I mean, I guess the only bit of confidence everybody had was is Disney already owned Marvel, and Marvel hasn't been too, you know. Well, then again, we can't really say anything. Disney owns the world, essentially, at this point. Yeah, and as we talked, too, I heard there's a deal pending for them to buy 20... 20th Century Fox, actually. I wouldn't um, be surprised. They're becoming the, basically the Hollywood monopoly, in a sense here. So, um, yeah, when they bought this, I was a little little doubtful, but I was excited because I wanted more Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, if you're a sci-fi fan, odds are you are a Star Wars fan. I, there's going to be cases where you're not, which there's nothing wrong with that, but for a good portion of us, we're all Star Wars fans, so of course we're going to want more Star Wars movies. Of course, and you know, I think the big question was here is, you know, when Episode 3 came out, at that point, I was ready for Star Wars to be over. I accepted it. I, I didn't like it, but I accepted it. Oh yeah, of course, because we we got our prequels in mm-hmm. as, depending on how you want to view it, uh, as good or bad as they were. Right. We got the prequels that answered a lot of the questions we had from the original trilogy, and it seemed to wrap everything up in a nice, tight little bow. And then 2012 hits, <laughs> and Lucasfilms sells their rights over to Disney. I think everybody was pretty uh, blindsided by that happening. And then we get the announcement for Star Wars Episode Seven which takes yeah. place 30 years after the events of Episode Six. Now tell me something. Didn't the three of them get old as shit? <laughs> <laughs> 
more so Luke that looked like yeah. than Han and Leia. Yeah, it's a little weird to look at Luke and and he's supposed to be the younger of the three, and yet, or at least the same age as Leia, and yet he looks older than both of them. Well, yeah, you know, uh, so, uh, but yeah, you know, I know as building up to this, and I was hearing about casting announcements and stuff, I was a little concerned as to were they going to make this movie all about the new people? How much was Han and Leia going to be incorporated? You know, and Luke, where were they going to figure into this story? Uh, and yeah, I agree with you. I was worried that they were going to focus just primarily on the original three, being Han, Luke, and Leia. Right. But the way that they had this set up, and the three main people that looked like they had introduced, along with our new R2-D2 and (laughs) BB-8, BB-8, I thought it, they did a great job. I thought that everything turned out really well. I did too, and you they know they did a good balance of screen time for everyone. I thought. Uh huh. I personally would have liked to seen a little bit more Poe, but yeah. Um. I, actually, I don't know if you knew this part of it, but I read an article that when J.J. Abrams was writing the script and making the movie, and they casted the guy Oscar Isaac who plays Poe Dameron, he was supposed to die initially in the beginning in the sand trap sequence. He was supposed I'd to heard be done. about that. Uh-huh, and he came to J.J. Abrams and he said, I want to be around longer. I think Poe can be a part of this more. So he wrote him back in, he showed up at the end, and now he's he's in it now full-time. Oh, God, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it was a good good casting decision to keep him around. I, I definitely agree. Um, well, let's divulge into this from the beginning, and let's just kind of break this down. Um, the opening, I mean... We're shown this sequence with a bunch of stormtroopers on this craft going down to this planet. Well, um, at first it looked like it was. It started obviously with the old acquaintance of um, Luke, Han, and Leia. Yeah, yeah, you know, I guess my question is that guy, Poe, when Poe was talking to that guy in the tent. Yeah. I almost want to know who he, who he is. Like, how is he connected to all of them? Who was he? Because he knows uh, Kylo. Like, very well. You could tell he was close to the family or some sort. That is a good point. I don't know. Something tells me that there's, like, some sort of family relation there, maybe, but... Yeah, family friend or something. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that one they really never explained all that well at all. No, we didn't even get a name. No. And that's interesting, too. I wouldn't mind hearing more about that guy or see how he's connected to the family or something. Um... But yeah, that was an interesting beginning because it's a little little bit of a puzzle at the beginning. Something I thought they would come back to, which they didn't. But it's no big deal. But th- this sequence reminds me a lot of um, some of the sequences from Episode Four when the uh, not they don't really show it in Episode Four when the stormtroopers raided um, uh, Luke's un- aunt and uncle's farm when he comes back there and f- realizes he should go with Obi Wan when the- he finds the farm completely in disarray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I found there's a little bit of sim- similarities to that. Um, and then the landing party, of course, with the way the ship comes down and Kylo comes off the ship, that's very reminiscent of Vader. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, uh, the, from what I remember reading up on this, the way Abrams had it planned out, he wanted to stick to as close to the original trilogy as possible with this film right. while still adding in elements of, you know, the modern day. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, you hear so many people criticize this film as being too similar to A New Hope. 
I mean, I do have my gripes against it because of that reason, mm-hmm. but I thought that Abrams did a good job. I do, too. I mean, he captures some of the old magic of the originals. Now, mind you, this is coming from somebody that adores the prequels because that's what I grew up with, you know, and everybody dogs on the prequels. And if you love Star Wars as a whole, you yeah. appreciate the prequels as part of the saga, Oh, of course, you're going to appreciate the prequels as part of the saga, but it's when you dive into the whole midichlorians. Agreed. And you dive into all the unnecessary BS that they seem to have added to the prequels that what didn't have any need to be there. Well, the midichlorians, you know, they, they, they divulge into that in the, in the Phantom Menace, and they never really touch on it again. They don't really go into what Metachlorians really are and how they make you one with the Force. They touch on it, but they never build off it going into Episodes 2 and 3. If they, they, if they were going to talk about it, they may as well have introduced it, or better yet, just never mentioned them at all. Right. It was a, it was a, a reasoning thrown into the script into the movie that just went nowhere. I don't sense. know, but we're not here to talk about the Phantom Menace, talk about the prequels, right, so right. let's go ahead and get back to... Force Awakens here. Um, going yes. into... So we were just gotten done with the opening sequence. Right. Now we had... I believe after that was the introduction of Rey? Yeah, BB-8 goes off into Actually, the, no, into it was that opening sequence, uh, Finn. Yeah, he gets on to the Star Destroyer. FN, whatever the hell numbers, I don't remember. FN 287, 217, 287, 287, I think it was. Um, I'm sure you guys will correct us. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's we're just gonna refer to him as Finn. It, that's who he is. He's Finn. But it's that sequence of him, of uh, the one stormtrooper getting shot. Finn turning around, going to him, making sure seemed like he was making sure he was okay, and it was when that stormtrooper reached his bloody hand out and uh, was holding it against Finn's uh, helmet mm, mm-hmm, as his arm mm-hmm. dropped and you see the bloody prince there it, it's almost like that awoke him. What's interesting about that I'm happy you brought up the blood smear because we've never seen stormtroopers bleed until this moment. And it brings up another solid point which this is me personally I had no idea that when episode four happened compared to from the time frame of episode three, that the clones were no longer the stormtroopers. I didn't realize that they had yes. turned into a humanized army. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting to see that. I'd like to know what exactly happened to the clones and why they were disbarred from the Empire. You know, if they were easy to command because they were basically built in their mind with a sense of command purpose, what went wrong to make the clones no longer used, and they went to people that they basically raised probably from birth. I mean, at least that's what the First Order did. Yeah. You know, I'd like to know that a little bit of that backstory, too, which I don't think we'll ever get that, because we need a prequel movie to do that, and we already got Rogue One, so I don't think the Han Solo movie coming out next year is going to provide any details to that one. Oh, no. No, no, so it's kind of going to be left up to thing. Although, i got to tell you, I've, I've... only watch some of the Clone Wars cartoons, and there's another one out there right now called Star Wars Rebels. 
which I'm a huge fan of the Clone Wars cartoons. I, I liked that, and I was disappointed to see that get canceled once Disney bought Lucasfilm because I liked that series. Um, I know Rebels kind of builds off of it, but we lost characters like um, um, Ahsoka. You remember Ahsoka, the oh, one yeah. that Anakin was teaching? I, I didn't see the end of the Clone Wars series. I don't know what happened to her. Did did she get killed? Did she? Um, that's actually a good point. Let me check real quick. You guys probably watching the show, listening to the show, you probably already have the answer for us. But you know we're a little behind on that one right now, so bear with us. Um, Jason's gonna look up some info on that. Um, while he's looking that up, you know, um, the. The argument that uh, General Hux and Kylo Ren have back on the ship, and you mean General Hitler, <laughs> yeah, General Hitler, that's a good name for him. Um, Hux is talking to him about going up against basically his orders or Snoke's orders, and he says about commissioning maybe you should commission a clone army instead. A reference back to the to the prequels, of course, but. Um, I kind of liked that reference because it kind of went back to the prequels a little bit. Um, but it brought the question back into play is, are they thinking about going back to a clone army? And if they do go back to a clone army, where are they getting this clone army from? Because it can't be Jango's clones because unless they've been... You know, the good question about this now that I think about it. We said, you know, it can't be Jango fed. The biggest thing I have with that, I wasn't able to find anything, by the way. And I don't want to take too much time looking for it. Comment on our page if you guys find something. We'd be curious to know. Uh, the thing I'm wondering is, do they still have any strands of DNA at all from Django or Boba Fett? Well, it's a question if that Camino facility still exists. They because probably would have it. if it does, then that could very well be the case that we might end up seeing the clones of Jango or Boba Fett come back. Probably possible. Or are we going to see a whole new breed of clones come out? The only thing I can think of is that maybe some of those clones are still left. Maybe the initial clones were cast out someplace, and maybe they're, you know, based somewhere. It's possible. But I, I, I'm just... That, that's going to bug me until we actually find out more about that. I'd like to or is that going to be like the whole midichlorians thing from the prequels, and we are not <laughs> going to find out anything about that? Well, you have to agree with one thing. This is probably the first Star Wars movie in the whole saga that literally ends with a ton of question marks. We don't get a lot of answers in this movie. Yeah, we don't really get a ton of answers in this movie, but we did find out a lot. We did get well, we a did. good amount of yeah. info, but yes, we were left with a ton of questions, and a lot of people may not be big fans of that, but I personally am a huge fan of those movies that leave you questions like that for right. obviously an obvious sequel that's going to be coming out, because that's going to build up the hype for the next movie to come out. Well, I think some people looked at this movie and were bothered because they were so used to the previous film's having some questions, but we also got closure in a lot of it. And it's like, what's wrong with leaving a movie with a ton of questions? I mean, it makes you anticipate episode 8 even more, number one. And number two, isn't it nice to go into episode 8 like, really, like, oh, I hope they answer this, they gotta answer this. And before you know it, you have a checklist in your head while you're watching the movie. Exactly. 
Alright, so going back to this, uh, the introduction of Ray, what'd you think of that? Um, shades of a little bit of Luke and shades of a little bit of Anakin. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, which will end up leading me, obviously, to my question here for you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually going to be the lot of question on a lot of our viewers' minds here. Who do you think are Ray's parents? Isn't that, like, the number one question on a lot of people's minds besides Snoke? It is. And, um... As you and I were watching this, we basically came up with the theory that it's got to be probably either Luke or Leia. Who's raised parents, do you think, though? If do you I'm gonna... think it's going to be Luke's daughter, or do you think it's going to be Leia's daughter? If I'm going to go with something strong here and go with a definitive guess, I still want to stick with my initial assumption and I'm going with it's Luke's daughter that's always been my theory from the time I saw this movie and I'm probably going to stick with it till I see Last Jedi if they reveal it you see I would have agreed with you if not for the couple of other walkthroughs that I've done of this film rewatching it trying to pick up on any other clues hints anything I might have missed that might have answered some questions that you know we all may have had right and one of the things that really caught my eye was the fact that in that end sequence, the last like half hour, 20 minutes of the film, when you see everyone come back from the Starkiller base. After Han's death, and yeah. And mm-hmm. you see Leia walking towards Rey and uh, Chewbacca... She just goes right past Chewie. You'd think that she would go and comfort Chewie, you know, considering the fact that Chewbacca and Han were close, close they and were. they were pilots of the Millennium Falcon together for how long? They were partners for how long? Well, 30 plus years. I mean, probably, I'd say about a good 40, 50, well, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll say that Han and Chewie were, were co-pilots since maybe he was 20 years old. He's probably in his 70s here, so probably nearly 50 years. But what caught my interest was the fact that she went past Chewbacca and right to Rey, and it, it almost seemed like a motherly hug, that a, a sense of comfort. It did. It did. So my original theory of Luke being Rey's dad kind of got blown out of the water there. I think I'm going to go with it's really Han and Leia's daughter. Rey is really Han and Leia's daughter. Which would make Kylo Ren and Rey siblings. Brother and sister. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, I I still think that that is the most realistic theory. Everybody online goes with, oh, Rey's a Palpatine or, you know, and it's like... First of all, it's like we all know that the Jedi's and the Sith, or the Jedi, at least the Jedi's, they weren't supposed to love. I mean, you know the story of Anakin and Padme. It was forget, it was forbidden. Yeah. Okay, so how could she be Palpatine's daughter if that was usually frowned upon? I mean, I mean, I guess the Sith could go against those rules, but her being because a Palpatine, the Sith have no l- rules. Rules to yeah. follow like the Jedi do. Right. Well, 
at least not the same set of rules. That's that's true. It's just if she's a Palpatine, is it really? It's really really going to be that much of a? Is it going to make a whole lot of sense? Number one and number two, considering when Palpatine dies, that's thirty years ago. Ray's younger than thirty. Oh, of course. So it, it that almost right there puts the whole theory to bed. Um, I know there's been some rumors about resurrection of Palpatine going on in the Last Jedi. That Snoke's trying to resurrect Palpatine. There's different theories. If you've played the new Battlefront two game in the campaign, there's a guy called the Messenger that basically has Palpatine's face, and it's a it's a plan he puts forth that if the Empire falls, what they should do. Now, mind you. That's supposed to be a message that Palpatine leaves. It's not really supposed to be Palpatine. I've heard rumors of a resurrection storyline happening in The Last Jedi. Whether it happens or not, we'll see soon. But, I don't know, the whole Palpatine theory. Alright, we'll go on to the next part of the film, which was... Well, let's see. We just talked about uh, Rey's introduction. So, Finn crash lands on... Jakku with with the Poe after Finn helps Poe off the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, after Finn gets out of the TIE Fighter, he thinks Poe is still in there and grabs his jacket and he thinks he can't get him out and he thinks Poe dies. That yeah. leads him to walking to where he meets Rey for the first time being attacked by some goons that she kicks the shit out of. That were working for obviously that that guy that goon who wanted uh, to buy BB-8. Correct. Correct. And uh, and then BB-8 recognizes Finn. Realizes uh, he's got Poe's jacket on. Well, not necessarily recognizes Finn because he had never seen Finn before. Yeah, he recognizes. He the recognized jacket. the jacket yeah. of Poe's. Yeah. And then. That leads into a whole thing of Finn obviously talking about or saying that he's part of the Resistance, which is bull, but he's just trying to impress Ray. What else do you think is going on with that? Well, I like the little bit of humor that we have here with, you know, him keeps trying to grab Ray's hand, you know, and she doesn't like that. And, of course, that, that relationship develops over time throughout the film. Um... But uh, the scene where they're running away from a TIE fighter leads to the scene where they find the Millennium Falcon, which Ray considers to be a piece of garbage. <laughs> it, it, how she referred to it, it's either... It, it, we have, you know, whatever it was that she was trying to fly, and that Finn going, oh, well, what about that ship over there? Oh, that's just a piece of garbage. The Falcon's garbage. Two seconds later... All you see is just their ship getting blown up. And then you just cut back to Ray and Finn with Ray going, Well, garbage it is. They see them running and the camera pans over to the Millennium Falcon. That's an iconic moment. We haven't seen that Falcon since Episode 6. So, I mean, we, that means technically we haven't seen this Falcon in... Well, shit. Return of the Jedi came out in 83, so 93, 03, 13. We haven't seen 32 it 32 years. 32, 33 years, and that... <laughs> that's a big moment. I mean, let's, let's give Abrams credit here. He went very nostalgic with this film. The music cues when we see certain things, seeing oh, the Falcon course. for the first time, seeing Han come up to the camera the first time after getting on the Falcon. I mean, Abrams did a great job with that. Very iconic stuff, and 
we all love nostalgia sometimes. And then Q random Kylo Ren temper tantrum. <laughs> Two temper tantrums in one movie. Now, tell me. I'm sure there's probably was more, but how do you feel about these temper tantrums? I personally feel like it's a sign that he's a lot more human than he leads to leads to believe and more childish. Not even a matter of childish. I think it's a matter of he still hasn't been fully corrupted to the dark side. No. No, he's definitely got a long way to go. Hence the fact he gets his ass kicked later in the movie by both, well, by Ray. I don't want to say by Finn because he did beat Finn's ass for the most part. Um, but it's just one of those moments where it just makes you realize that Maybe he really hasn't been fully brought over. No. Well, throughout the movie, we hear hints about how they're still good in him, and he's still battling with feeling the light side, and he's talking to Vader's mask about how he feels the light side pulling him back in. Which, what did you, speaking of that, what did you think about that when you first saw that shot? A Vader in mask? The, in the movies. Well, first of all, I love the nostalgia of bringing back Vader. But, um... Watching it now, too, um, made me really think about The Last Jedi. And I've been hearing a lot of these rumors about seeing Anakin's Force ghost, that he appears to Luke, or, or whatever the case may be. And before when, before I watched this again, I, I, I thought a lot of it was, was bullshit. I really did. I thought people were just putting in fan theories just to make them feel like we want to add in well, some yeah. more characters. But now that I'm going back to watch this, I'm seeing how much they're name-dropping Vader. A lot. And I'm saying, okay... Now I see why they're going to revisit this. Because this might be the very thing. Anakin may be the very thing that pulls Kylo, Ben Solo, back from the dark to the light. It's very possible. You think so? It's possible. He he considers his grandfather his inspiration. Well, his grandfather was bad but came back to the light before he died. Maybe he doesn't know these things. That is true. Maybe he thinks Luke just flat out killed Vader in cold blood... And that was it. He doesn't realize that Vader killed the Emperor, saved his son, came back to the light before he died. Yeah. Now, what else? What other thoughts did you have about uh, this movie? Um. Well, as the movie goes on here, um, as we get past some of the other stuff, uh, they get on the Falcon, they fly away. Um. That's where we get our first reveal of. Um, the return of Han Solo, which is, you know, again, very nostalgic. Harrison Ford back in this role after being gone for more than 30 years. And seeing Chewbacca again right by his side. Well, it's great to see Chewbacca by his side, but at least it hasn't been 30 years of seeing Chewbacca, because we did see him in Revenge of the Sith. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's great to see him by Han Solo's side, of course, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um... This leads to a very funny comedic sequence on Han Solo's freighter with two thug groups. Yet again, Han Solo getting himself in trouble, the smuggler that he is. Which is not a surprise at all. No. I was looking forward to, when I heard that they were going to bring Han Solo back into this movie, I'm like, I could not wait to see what trouble he got into. I'm happy they brought the smuggling stuff back. Basically, after the whole shit with the Empire and... Being away from Leia, he goes right back to his old smuggling ways, like he did prior to Episode Four. 
exactly. Which I know we're going to see a shit ton of that in the Han Solo movie. So, what about sequence that happened afterwards? Okay, this leads to Han escaping with Finn and BB-8 and Rey. They go to hyperdrive to go to a planet with Han Solo's friend, Maz, the orange Yoda. Yes, it is new Yoda. Yeah, I, I get a Yoda-ish vibe from this, and uh, especially with her sequence with Luke's lightsaber and Rey, very Yoda-like scene. Speaking of the lightsaber... Mm, this sequence. A sequence that still tears me up inside that makes me want The Last Jedi so bad. Now, I don't know if any of you caught this at all, but I want you to go back and rewatch that particular scene, that particular sequence of when Ray discovers Luke's old lightsaber that was lost in, what was it, Episode 5? Mm-hmm. Empire. Yeah, on Cloud City. Mm-hmm. And she picks, goes to pick it up, and when she touches it, Go ahead, Mike. Tell him. Okay, so I picked up on something watching this again. Um, the first corridor we see Rey in when she touches the lightsaber is the exact same corridor it appears like from Empire Strikes Back on Cloud City when Luke is looking for Vader. So go back and watch that scene and, and watch the corridors closely. It looks almost identical. This leads into seeing her on... I believe the planet that Luke was training Kylo and the other students on. Well, Kylo goes bad. He kills a couple people. We see a lot of bodies around in the rain, but he has maybe eight or nine other people surrounding him, which are supposed to be what we call the Knights of Ren. Yeah. And it's almost like he's looking at something. I don't know if he's supposed to be looking at Luke in this moment or what it is, but it's almost like he's looking at Rey, and this flashes to a scene where Rey's a child being taken away by the same guy that she was selling all that stuff to for the food. Yeah. And a ship is flying away. Now, we assume that this is her parents. Now, her parents have been gone, supposedly, since she probably was about five or six years old. She looks like maybe about five or six years old, maybe a little older. Um, and in the background, we can hear Yoda. It looks, sounds like we hear a little bit of... Obi-Wan. It sounds like Yoda, but there's a clear cut, clear as day moment of what appears to be Obi-Wan speaking. Obi-Wan. I think I heard a little bit of Luke in there, too. I didn't necessarily hear Luke, but I know I for sure heard Obi-Wan. And it sounded like it was not only younger Obi-Wan from the prequels, but it was also older. Older Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm, a little bit of both. So... Again, that plays more into the whole Obi-Wan thing and the the Force Ghosts. I mean, again, people with the Anakin, people have also mentioned about seeing Obi-Wan's Force Ghost, which I have a problem with that because technically it would be older Obi-Wan's Ghost and the actor Alec Guinness who played him in the originals is, is dead. Yeah. But I've also heard that Yoda's Force Ghost may appear too, which would make sense because Luke is at the First Jedi Temple. So it makes sense that all these people would kind of be around him. It would make sense. I don't necessarily think we're going to see Yoda in this one. I'm sorry to disappoint you people. You I might just not. 
don't think they're going to revisit Yoda. We already got Orange Yoda and Maz, so... I don't think we're going to see Yoda. I don't believe we're going to see a whole lot of characters, actually, from the old films come back. I think Anakin. I, I, I think we're going to see Anakin. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. That's probably about it. Well, that's really, I think, all we need. But maybe, and maybe we, we, Plus, we don't Plus, you know, know, they do fall into the whole Palpatine resurrection story arc. Yeah, um, um, and you know, the thing, the thing of it is, is that I don't know if everybody in the audience knows about this, but um, apparently, in the new Battlefront 2 video game, they have a DLC pack coming out the day before the movie comes out, and it's supposed to be an extension of the campaign, and they're actually calling the DLC, I believe, Resurrection, and I'm hearing that in this DLC, it has something to do with the resurrection of Palpatine. And these events in Battlefront 2 are supposed to lead into The Last Jedi. Or they led into The Force Awakens going into The Last Jedi. So, you have to ask this question. Isn't it funny they're releasing this DLC pack before, right before the movie comes out? That tells me that something... There's a huge reveal in here somewhere. Or maybe it could be the resurrection of Darth Maul. Well, Darth Maul did get resurrected, actually, in, I believe, it was either the Clone Wars cartoon or, or Star Wars Rebels. I'm talking about mainstream movie-wise Star Wars. Yeah, but those are connected. I'm well aware they're connected. They're I'm going on just by the movies, though. Okay. I think we're owed a little bit more of an explanation on Darth Maul, because the info mm-hmm. that we really got from Episode 1 was not enough. And, I don't know about you, but he was probably one of my favorite characters that they had introduced. Mm-hmm. And he was short-lived, way too short-lived. prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak enough, he wasn't on screen enough, and he was a badass character. I think they could have done so much more with him. I agree. I think there could have been a lot more that could have been done with him. Which, going on about Darth Maul, just makes me bring up an interesting point, though. Like I brought up to you when we were rewatching this film. Mm-hmm. There's no mention of the Sith at all in this movie. No. You barely get any mention of the Empire in this. Yeah, the only thing you get is, at the very beginning, that guy we were talking about that knew... I think Han and Leia and Ben Solo was, he said that the Empire was built off of, or the First Order was built off the remains of the Empire. Yeah, but you never really heard anything about the Sith. No, no, not at all. Yes, you may have people that are strong with the Force, as you have with Kylo Ren and Rey, and obviously Luke, Mm -hmm. but you don't really hear anything about the any Sith at all in this. You know what Normally, else you... you've heard about the Sith in every single Star Wars film. And that's true. And the thing of it is, too, is that actually that makes me think that, you know, we hear, we hear Vader's name dropped quite a bit here. We never hear the Emperor's name dropped. I mean... They bring up Vader quite a bit and how Vader, you know, was this big figure and he wants to follow in Vader's footsteps, but nobody ever talks about Emperor and the Palpatine. Emperor Palpatine was the leader of the Empire. He was the be-all, see-all. He was higher up than Vader. I guess that leads us to Snoke. Ah, 
Snoke. Because we see Snoke for the first time in this film. He's a hologram talking to I, Kylo and General Hux. Which Hux's. normally, the holograms that they produce are normally a lot smaller or, you know, more real-life height. Yeah. They have yeah, them projected yeah. to be this, like, I would assume, like, 20-foot behemoth. Because in Episode 5, they show when they showed the Emperor the first time, Vader was talking to him. It was a big hologram, but it was only the Emperor's face. It wasn't like his whole physical, you know, body. In yeah. this movie, you're right. He's like a fucking tower. At first, before they showed the hologram, I almost thought that that's what his real height was. I thought he was that big. He looked like he was sitting in a chair and he was that big. Exactly. Until that thing finally, you know, dissipated. But, um... Since we're on the subject of Snoke and we're on the part of the movie where Snoke's introduced, everybody right now is going big with Snoke theories. I mean, there's like 20 different people they think Snoke is. I have mine, and you have yours, and I know all about yours, and I'm going to let you open it up with your theory. No, I'm going to let go ahead and have you open it up. Okay, all right. All right, I'm, my theory is basically the same as a lot of people's, and it's been the strongest theory since Force Awakens was released and I'm still holding strong on the fact that Snoke is Darth Plagueis Emperor Palpatine's master because you know we have that sequence in Revenge of the Sith where you know Palpatine is telling Anakin the story about how you know um, he killed his old master and Plagueis could cheat death I mean we think a lot of that is bullshit just to get Anakin to turn to the dark side but maybe Palpatine did think that he killed his old master but maybe Plagueis could cheat death. Maybe he faked his death. And he really survived. And he stayed in the shadows, let Palpatine do things, and he waited until Palpatine fell to take over the Empire to make it the First Order. It's definitely possible. Right. So that's my theory I'm going with, and I'm pretty strong on it. I'm probably going to be wrong. We, we might all be a way off, but I'm still going to go with Plagueis going into Last Jedi. Yes, and I know how we were joking in the car before about, you know, how people had been thinking that Mace Windu <laughs> had randomly gone on to become the big bad guy. They just want to hear Sam Jackson say motherfucker or so. Let's, let's, no, let's be honest. Well, yeah, it's because that's become his apparent classic fucking phrase. Yeah. And then I've had a lot, I've actually seen a lot of theories that uh, Darth Maul could have gone on to become Snoke somehow. Um, I mean, again, I don't necessarily it's... think that's true or gonna happen, but I'm almost curious to watch Star Wars Rebels to see what happened to Darth Maul and kind of play that into some theories because I don't really know what his fate was in that or how he came back. So I'll, I want I'm probably gonna go back and try to find those episodes at least. Um, but now that I got my theory out of the way. Please, by all means, give the audience your theory as to who you think Snoke is. Oh, so, folks, are you ready for this? My theory is completely out there, and I know I've just got a few other people agreeing with me on this. I personally believe that Emperor Snoke is... None other than Drummel, please. Our beloved, most wonderful Gungan, Jar Jar Banks. Wow, this theory still blows my mind. 
please explain how this could be possible. Now, go back with me here to episode one. Okay. When Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were walking around on that planet, mm-hmm. how would Jar Jar have somehow managed to find them? Just out of the, find two Jedi Masters out of the blue like that without being able to pick up on the Force at all. Dumb luck. His supposed dumb luck. Quote-unquote dumb luck that he seems to always have when it comes to this series. Mm. Explain to me also, then, how... You know, it always seems when he was talking with members of the Republic, members of the army of Gungans that were there to help. Hmm. Do you ever, do people ever really notice that he always seemed to gesture the same way that the Jedi or the Sith did when he was talking to them? What are the, what are the Jedi very well known for when they're talking? Waving their hands. What do you see Jar Jar doing a lot of when he's talking? Well, he is waving his hand a lot. A lot. I mean, a lot. He also noticed too that any conversation that's going on, he seems to be always be kind of close to the conversation, listening in on a conversation. Exactly. That per, that's part one of my theory of Jar Jar being Snoke is the fact that he was very, very talented in the Force, okay. in the fact that he was able to use the Jedi mind trick to quickly rise up into power because at, by the time that fight that battle happened in episode one, he was already a general of the Gungan army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did he manage to talk his way into being uh, uh sorry, give me a second here. Mm-hmm. It's going through so many different movies right now. How he ended up being... Why can I not remember her name all of a sudden? <laughs> Which one? Uh, Anakin's... Oh, Padme. Padme, thank yeah. you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get shit from, that, from you people. Uh, I'm well aware. But how he ended up becoming Padme's representative in the Senate. Yeah. He took control in Episode 3, too, to help give the... Uh... The Chancellor of Emergency control, Powers. He took complete control of the Senate in Episode 3 to give Palpatine emergency powers and complete control. Correction, that was that was actually in Episode 2. That's my bad. Regardless, mm-hmm. he still found a way to get complete control. Mm-hmm. Falls along that theory. Well, to back Ex- up your theory with that, before you continue on with this, because that's actually leading into what I was going to say here... The actor that played Jar Jar Binks, his name is Ahmed Best, he did an interview recently, because um, I, I guess he heard a lot about the Snoke Jar Jar theories, and he actually said in episode 3, they shot a scene that was deleted. It was a conversation with Palpatine and Jar Jar. He said, and this conversation almost went the way of a sense of Jar Jar could be conspiring with the Sith, or picking up some stuff from Palpatine. But the scene was cut. 
So that tells me that there was some intention there. So maybe... Another thing that I had seen also is when they all went to go jump in the water, that same that same episode one, mm-hmm. how he managed to jump 20 feet up in there with him being as clumsy as he is, as quote-unquote clumsy mm-hmm. as he is, how he jumped as high in the air as he did, seemed to have spun around midair a few times, mm-hmm. and then land perfectly in the water. Not so much as a scratch. That takes an inhuman amount of precision, timing, and agility to pull that kind of stuff off. That's true, and I could kind of back up that theory a tad, because we never see any other Gungans jump like that, especially in the battle with the droids at the end of Episode 1. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to the next thing. It's that, you know, it was supposed to dumb luck that he was able to kill, the or he was able to shoot the droids, and destroy them during that battle. Mm-hmm. But, because, you know, he had the one droid arm or whatever it was that was still attached to his legs, supposedly, that he was trying to get off him that was shooting everything around him. What if it wasn't actually a mistake? What if it wasn't just dumb luck? What if he was capable of doing that? I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, I... It... These are all great ideas and great theories. I mean, I can... Explain to me also, then, that scene where he went to... Where they you had them hanging from... Hanging off the wall, or hanging off the... Balcony pillar, whatever the hell you want to call it, with the stormtroopers that were walking by. Oh, the, um... The droids that were walking by. Yeah, the was, droids, thank you. That yeah, were walking yeah. by, and if he would have dropped right in front of them, or if he would have dropped the way he was, he would have dropped right in front of them. Explain to me then from where he was positioned that he when, he, when you saw him come back down, he was not only on the opposite side of Qui-Gon and Anakin, Mm-hmm. But he was also behind them. That's true, too. There's there's a lot of moments in Episode 1 where he's always kind of always there, but yeah, he, he presents himself as being clumsy and, 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 and so forth. I mean, I, I could definitely see where there's more to Jar Jar than what's meeting the eye, you know. And, and everybody, everybody keeps saying it would be so great for Jar Jar to be that bad guy because, oh, you know, everybody hated him so much in the prequels that this would give him meaning now. You know, it, that's a bit of a stretch to give a meaning. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I, don't... I personally always, always thought there was something more to Jar Jar than was ever let on the films. Well, people make such a big deal how much they hate Jar Jar. Me personally, and people will give me shit for this, I didn't mind Jar Jar. You didn't mind Jar Jar, and that's why you're, compl- you're vehemently blasting me when on my theory. No, it's not so much a. And you've told me on multiple occasions that you despise Jar Jar Binks. I don't... No, I don't despise Jar Jar Binks. See, a lot of people despise him because he showed too much humor. Okay. Let let me run this by everybody right now. Because everybody always says, Jar Jar ruined episode one, and and this and that. 
he is the comedic of, of, uh, relief here. Number one. Number two. It's like the Ewoks and exactly the original trilogy. The original trilogy had humor. Okay, the prequels had humor, the original trilogy had humor, The Force Awakens had humor. And just from watching the TV spots for The Last Jedi, the little porgs, those are comedic relief, ladies and gentlemen. There's a scene in the TV spot where a porg gets shoved up against a window on the Falcon and is making a noise like, and the ship's flying away. That's Jar Jar-esque. But is anybody going to do that with this movie? No, because they're going to say these movies aren't the prequels. And people dog on episode one because of Jar Jar. And, of course, they dog on episode two and three for the, oh, the dialogue that George Lucas wrote. Well, you know, newsflash, people. These are George Lucas's movies. He wrote them. It's how he wanted them to be. It's not for the fans to decide how he writes them. They were his. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So. And you got all these people that were all for the original trilogy Lucas wrote those Lucas he, had a major part in those yeah he wrote episode 4 directed 4 he wrote 5 with another writer and another person directed and 6 was the same way it wrote with somebody else another person directed he had his hand in writing all 3 regardless he didn't direct all three, but he then you had wrote the all three. Prequel trilogy, and he wrote and directed all three of those. And people will, will will talk shit that maybe he shouldn't have done that. And yes, I can agree. Lucas has some childlike dialogue he puts in the movies. That's fine, but that's the way he wanted it. He has that there for a reason, people. He has that there because you can't, you don't want to have that kind of movie with too many dark, intense moments. You need that bit of comedic relief at some mm-hmm. point in there. Well, it's like people that grew up with the original trilogy, they dog on the prequels. It's like do you realize that those movies were actually made for kids? Okay? Do they realize that when they saw the originals, they were kids. When they were saw the prequels, they were adults. So basically when they dog on the prequels, they're basically saying they expected the series to mature with them. Exactly. And that shouldn't be the case. The series is the series is. You were a kid when you saw the originals, so think of it that way. The series doesn't mature as you mature. And of course, these new movies now have gotten a little darker, and and so they ha- they've had to. But Force Awakens still has humor in it. Last Jedi will still have humor in it. I'm sure, Episode Nine will too. Which let's go into theories as to what we believe it's going to happen with that. What do you think is going to happen in this next movie? In episode 8? Um, well... I'm pretty strong into the theory that we're not going to find out Snoke's identity. Um, we're going to learn who Ray's parents are. Um, I know you and I have had our thoughts on what's going to happen, what's going to be the fate of Luke in this movie. You think he's probably going to die. Yeah, I... Yeah, spoiler alert, people, I believe that Luke is going to wholeheartedly die in this film. And by whose hand? By whose hand? Uh, I'm going to go with Kylo Ren. Okay. If I had to take a guess, I would say by Snoke's hand. Mind you, I'm saying by Kylo Ren's hand. Didn't say it was Kylo Ren in control. Okay. Okay, That make. I mean, that makes sense. Um. So... So you think Luke's gonna die? I think he's still gonna survive. 
We don't know the fate of Leia yet. I think we pretty much know that Leia will survive this movie because they said that Episode Nine was going to be about her mostly. And they said they have changed nothing in Episode Eight since she died. So how they're going to write her off, I don't know. But supposedly she's not going to die in this movie. At the very least, we know that. So the TV or the trailers hinting that Kylo's going to blow the ship up with her on it. We should pretty much know that's not going to happen. I don't know. I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You think I, it's still a smokescreen? I think it's a smokescreen. Could be. I mean, he's already killed one parent, what's another at this at this point? Which, thank you for bringing that up. That actually leads me to a good point. That scene on the, on the bridge in okay. uh, Force Awakens, mm-hmm. going back to Force Awakens here now, mm-hmm. what did you think? Um, Where he killed Han. Well, I know... Um, when I saw the movie initially, I went with the theory that Kylo thrust the sword into him and Kylo killed him. But it's been really these past few months where I've started reading some of these theories about Han's death and that Kylo, or Han might have wanted Kylo to kill him because to release some of the anger he had inside of him towards his father of some sort. And people think that maybe Han pulled his hand or his hand towards himself to let Kylo do it to him. Basically, you know, assisted suicide in this case. I agree. I think that it was an assisted suicide in this case to help Kylo Ren relieve some of the anger that he had towards his father. I also think he did it as a measure of showing that Kylo Ren is still human. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's still something. That there's still light inside of him, mm-hmm. and that this is going to be the one of the big key factors to turning him back to the light. Mm-hmm. And he needed to do that for that reason. It, and that's... I, I I agree with that theory now because it, it just makes a lot of sense. Because if you listen to the dialogue in that scene and how that whole scene plays out, it's very easy to see that side of it. Um, so where did we leave off here? We, we were talking about the reveal of Snoke and how Han Solo came back into the picture here. Um, they go to Kaz's place. It leads us to the lightsaber scene. Um, Kylo's people invade the planet after Rey runs off by not embracing the force that Kaz wants her to do. Or the Maz wants her to do. And, um, this leads us to, really, our first sequence of Finn with a lightsaber. Which I thought was really interesting. Um, I think the way that he handled himself with the lightsaber, that I think he's in tune with the Force. Obviously nowhere near as strong as uh, Kylo Ren or Rey, but Mm -hmm. I think he is in tune with the Force. People have also had that theory, too, where he's, you know, in tune with the Force and that he could possibly still be a Jedi. Um... I don't think he may not necessarily be a Jedi. I think he's... This is going to sound weird. I think he's falling under the Leia role, who Leia was in tune with the Force, just couldn't really use it. Yeah, she never does fully embrace it. As far as we know. I think that that's going to be the role that Finn falls under. It's very possible, because I, I don't really see Finn embracing it to the full Force, unless... I'm going to go way off on a limb here. 
if Luke survives through all nine chapters, or at least through nine, is it possible that Finn could become, could we start training with him, much like he was training with Kylo and the Knights of Ren? Could he become somebody else he trains to kind of keep the, the Jedi and the Jedi going to protect the, you know, the galaxy? The resurgence of the Jedi? Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. And, 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 and the thing is, too, is that I know a lot of people will say, well, what about Luke's line in the trailer where he says, it's time for the Jedi to end? Well, that could be taken a couple different ways. You know, let's think of what Luke's been through. I mean, he was training Han Solo and Prince in his sister's son, and he literally turned on him, killed all these people, and now he's, you know, the second hand to the... a group of them that fell for Kylo Ren's beliefs. Right. And went on to create the First Order. Mm Mm-hmm. So he feels responsible. He's really broken right now. So, of course, he's going to say the Jedi should end because he feels like, you know, no matter what I do, people are going to fall to the dark side. It's going to be my fault. I can't handle this, which is why I think at the beginning of The Last Jedi, he's not going to want to train Rey. There's going to be resilience there. Oh, of course. I don't know what she's going to do to get him out of the funk to do it. But, um, you know, that's going to be an interesting thing, too. Last Jedi is going to provide us a lot of different answers I think answers what it's going to end up being is the fact that it's from the trailer videos that we've seen for The Last Jedi. It's mm-hmm. the fact that Ray's going to show him just how powerful she actually is. Mm-hmm. And how you saw in the trailer that Luke was saying that the only person that he's seen with that much power, mm-hmm. it alluded to Kylo Ren. True. I mean, he and does maybe say... that makes maybe that's the catalyst that he needed to see in order to do this because maybe it's a way of for him to atone for what he believes he's done wrong and that's true not that's being true. able to save the Jedi for feeling like he betrayed Leia and Han for their son going to the dark side. Well, the the downside of this too is that we know with Han's death, we'll never get to see the reunion between Luke and. And Han, which is kind of a another bummer. Which you said earlier too, you were very surprised that they went there with this first movie that they killed Han. First, first new movie out of the gate. I mean, yeah, I understand that Harrison Ford really didn't want to come back and do these movies, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm still surprised though that they went with Han Solo dying this early into the yeah. new trilogy. Yeah. I was kind of expecting maybe something to happen more towards, you know, episode 8. Nothing really major, major happening until 9, probably, but still. Yeah, the fact we're getting deaths this early, I mean, that really makes us feel in The Last Jedi that nobody really is safe, because if they did this to an iconic character this early on, where does that leave everybody else at this rate? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very, very scary to think what could possibly happen but um so alright so after Finn wields this lightsaber he's fighting this stormtrooper that calls him a traitor which mind you he's called a traitor twice in this movie by Kylo and this stormtrooper and he loses his cool both times it's, it's almost like it reminds me of the scene in Back to the Future when Michael J. Fox is walking out Marty McFly and 
he doesn't want to fight, and he gets called a chicken. And he turns around and gets all pissed off and wants to fight. This is what that reminded me of. But it's... The th- key thing I want to catch on to here, though, is... The fact that this stormtrooper was wielding a melee-styled weapon. Which they never have carried before. I thought that was an amazing thing to see. Because I thought that this was a thing that stormtroopers needed. Mm-hmm. I've thought this since I've watched the original trilogy when I was a young kid. Since the prequels came out, I thought, you know what would be awesome to see? Them finally have a melee-style weapon like the Jedi, right. like the Sith. I mean, yes, they have these blasters, but God only knows, you. everyone here has seen just how poor of a shot they are. They can't shoot for shit. I'm sorry, if I, if I had to take a bet as to whether or not I, I could stand here and have a stormtrooper point his blaster at me, would I bet my life on him being able to hit me or not? I'm sorry, it's a safe bet to say I will bet you everything that I have, everything that I am, that he will miss. Uh-huh. Well, well, I mean, you see how many times they're shooting somebody and, and they miss greatly. I mean, all the movies they're in. Clone Troopers were a better shot than they were. Hmm, yet again, Clone Troopers. Heh, <laughs> better shot. Why'd you get rid of them? Oh, I don't know. That one I really don't know because the clone troopers were clones of arguably the most notorious bounty hunter of all time in Django Fett. Correct. So why would you... Because maybe they thought that for whatever reason they could do a better job with... People bred from, you know, from uh, from birth, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know why they thought that was the best idea, and with the way they shoot, I get it, but um, time for them to wield this shit, and I think we're gonna see more of that in Last Jedi because as we can see, Finn fights Phasma, and it looks like he's holding one of those things. We now we know why he can fight with them because he was probably trained with one. Exactly, and that's a fight that I'm looking forward to seeing, only because a I think Phasma's finally gonna get what that bitch deserves. Mm-hmm. And B, I want to see what that bitch looks like underneath the mask. I did hear that her face will be shown in Last Jedi. I did hear that. So, what else, what else do we still have to cover then here? Well, let's go down the thing of the rest of the movie here. So, we'll progress along here based upon, let's see. So, Finn fights Stormtrooper, Ray gets captured. We have Han and Leia's reunion, which... Again, nostalgic scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's I, always good to see. I wish we could get a little history as to what happened to the relationship. I mean, we know, you know, Ben Solo going becoming Kylo Ren is a big part of it, but we'd like to see why they chose to not stick together to try to patch this up. They just went their old separate ways. It's because they each had their own different set goal in mind. True. Maybe yeah. what Han was doing was to find a way to bring Ben back. That's possible. And you know the thing of it and is, too... Leia had to keep up the resistance, especially with the rise of the First Order, so she right. had her goal in mind. That wasn't necessarily what Han had in mind. No, he went his own separate ways back to his smuggling days. 
So we get this, um, we get back to the resistance base, which looks very much like Yavin 4 from A New Hope, with the moss and the way the X-Wing fighters are in the hangar. It looks very reminiscent of this, especially the uh, control room bunker with the computers. Yeah. Very reminiscent, but again, that's more nostalgia that I think uh, Abrams was going for here. So uh, Ray gets captured, Ray's in the room with, um, with Kylo, she... We finally get to see her first bout with the Force because she really pushes Kylo back, and he is completely shocked by this. And even Snoke in that scene where he tells her, even he is surprised by this. He didn't even see this coming. Yeah. Um. So this leads the Resistance to... Honestly, the thing that me and you were both had to stop and rewind to mm-hmm. look at, though, was when Kylo Ren was talking to Rey... I was like, oh, yes, I see I see an island. Yeah, yes. Because we both missed something in that from the first mm-hmm. times that we had watched it. Never caught it. that before. And you, what did you think it was again? Um, He talks about the ocean and the island. And, of course, now we know the ocean and the island is, well, the ocean that surrounds the island that Luke is on, which is where the first Jedi Temple was. But he doesn't know Luke is there, but he sees it in her mind. So the question is, is... Why was she seeing this place in her mind if she knew nothing about Luke Skywalker or anything like that? She had to be in touch with the Force to Luke. And again, that could lead us back to the theory of Luke being her her father, because maybe the Force is drawing her to her father as to where he is. Or I don't think necessarily so much as that as it was he could have been projecting that out to anyone that was strong enough. That's true, too. And the Force to, to come. Right. Anybody, you know, that's good and can feel that, come get it. That's possible, too. But, yeah, I never caught that the first, you know, the first few times I've seen the movie. I mean, I can't believe I just caught that now. I mean, I guess we were paying attention more so now because we know the other movie's coming out. So we're paying attention to some things, especially when we hear that a lot of things were dropped in The Force Awakens. And I sat there scratching my head wondering what I've missed. Well, I kind of see some things now. Yeah. But, um, so this leads us to past that... The Resistance finds out about the Starkiller base that can destroy planets. Which... The Fall of the Republic. The Fall of the Republic. Which basically, bye-bye prequel planets. Which made me sad only because I... I had a fond... I had fond memories of, you know, Coruscant. Mm, I love that planet. I love that planet. I'd love to live on that planet if it really existed. You had all that being destroyed and then you find out and the next scene after when they're talking about this mm-hmm. Leia gets a memo say that they're charging for another shot and their system's the next one yep which again this is a reminiscent scene from episode 4 when the Death Star is about to blow up Yavin 4 yes very similar to that and, and, and you know this leads me back to the, the argument people complain about it yes I get there are similarities but Again, they're loose similarities. The movie still plays out much differently as far as what oh, yeah, the themes and everything is. Oh yeah, it does play a lot differently. But I can do. I can definitely see why people had their issues with how Abram did hit did his job here. He things could have been was... tweaked to make it not so similar. Exactly. I mean, there was too a little. He went a little too nostalgic with things. I think. I think he got a little carried away with nostalgia here. Yeah. And I could definitely tell from Episode Eight's trailer, we're not going to have much of that at all. I mean, we've uh, we, we're past that now. We're, we're past the nostalgia, and we're going to get 
I think, a completely fresh story here. We'll see if we get a completely fresh story. I mean, it looks like it from the trailer, but you never know. There are still concerns. A lot of people are concerned that it's going to follow too closely to, you know, Empire Strikes Back because it's going to be darker like Empire was. And director Ryan Johnson, he did claim that um, it's not going to play out like like Empire, he said, but don't think there's not going to be Empire-like-esque things in the movie. He said, what's wrong with referencing back to what made these films what they are? So basically he's saying there might be moments that are Empire-esque in here. He's like, but he's saying that this is not Empire Strikes Back. This is still its own original story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so we get to this point, the Resistance leaves, they're gonna go attack Starkiller Base, Han and Finn and Chewie go separately, um, and that leads to, of course, Han's death, which we already, you know, talked about that, um... it was them coming up with the idea of having a bag full of the explosive charges that mm-hmm. they went into, that led to that whole... Confrontation. Confrontation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chewie placing on every other pillar and blow it up to give the resistance a chance to blow the base up. Um, that leads us to the confrontation in the woods with Finn, Ray, and Kylo. Ooh, that was a good moment, only because the fact that people need to realize that as much of a giant, giant man-child that Kylo Ren is. Oh, yeah. You can't help but realize just how strong in the Force it, he actually was until this scene. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you people not realize that he took a shot from that crossbow of Chewbacca's that has been known to blow apart mm-hmm. many a thing with just a single pack a punch bullet. With a single arrow, yep. or whatever you want to call it, he took that like a champ, stood up, kept going, and he had that fight. Destroyed Finn. I don't care what anyone says. He destroyed Finn. And until Ray's powers really woke up a little bit more with the Force, mm-hmm. he overwhelmed Ray. Mm hmm. Yeah, he did. I mean, so the moment she really embraced It's when the force. you really realize that it's that moment that you really realize that he's stronger than we've even ever thought in the Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the way that whole scene plays out, I mean, we finally get Rey embracing the Force because she's been so resilient the whole film. Especially when Moss was in giving her the lightsaber, she was resilient to it. And she finally embraces it. And even she's able to overpower somebody that's been that's been training because this this is why I think that you know all these movies have been based upon you know who will bring balance to the force. Everybody thought it was Anakin, then they thought it was Luke. I think that Ray is going to be the balance in the force. It's possible. Do you know what I want to see happen when it comes to balance of the force? I want to see them introduce the motherfucking Grey Jedi. The Grey Order. Yeah. Uh, We know that Ryan Johnson is making that new trilogy that's going to be separate from the Skywalker saga. So maybe you will see that. He's already confirmed, which I'm not happy about this, 
he has confirmed that it will not be the old republic. It will not be by the old republic. And that really makes me mad because everybody wants to see the old republic. It would be nice. Only thing I really want to see is the Grey Order finally being introduced. They have to do that. You know, I'm all with you. The true peacekeepers of the true lawbringers of the mm-hmm. true entities of balance mm-hmm. in the force see, are you, the Grey Order. You would feel like the seeing that would have to be a prequel at least to The Phantom Menace to really see that. I agree, yes. Which, I mean, again, that's would almost be like Old Republic times. We could see something like that. But uh, I'm, I'm okay with them making this new trilogy that's separate. That's great. There needs to be a separate story from the Skywalker saga. I mean, after 9, it is time to continue the Star Wars saga in a different way. You oh, can't, I agree. You, you, you can't keep go doing episode 10, 11, 12 and telling a Skywalker story. It's just, it's too much. Um, so what he's doing there is, is the smart direction. Now, he's talking about not including any characters from any of these movies. That could be a do-or-die thing. I think in the interest of the Star Wars franchise, it's in the best interest of making sure that they keep their revenue, their interest, their sales, all of that up for Disney. Mm-hmm. They would need to have at least one recognizable face in them. Even if it's a loosely one that's not really tied to much, but at least it's somebody. In my personal opinion, as a huge sci-fi fanatic, as a huge Star Wars fan, I would love to see a whole new set of brand new, fresh faces. I Maybe agree. dive into the actual story of Plagueis. If they, if yes. anything here does not happen when it involves Plagueis being Snoke, as you like want to think, right? I personally think that they should dive into that whole story. Go into a story about the Sith. Mm-hmm. Tell it from the Sith's perspective, because we always see Not it from the Jedi perspective. Not even just from the Sith's perspective. Just go into the backstory of the Sith. How they came to be. Mm-hmm. What about the Jedi? How did they all come to be? Who was the first fallen Jedi that, made, that basically made the Sith become what it exactly. is? Exactly. I want to see a story on the origins mm-hmm. of the Jedi. That's a good story. That's a great story. That'd be a great story for Ryan Johnson to do. And, and you know, you, you're right about the Plagueis thing, because, like he said, he doesn't want to show characters he's already shown. Well, we've never seen Plagueis. We've heard Plagueis. We've only heard him talked about in a couple of moments. Correct. Throughout so, this entire 30, 40-plus year franchise, only mentioned a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Right. So it makes sense. Let's see a person that we've not seen. But we've heard about, therefore you're kind of having the best of both worlds. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we get past this fight, which leads to Kylo's face getting basically torn to shreds down the side of his face. Not so much torn to shreds, it was... He's got a nice little scar in his face from where the lightsaber, you know, had slashed him. Mm-hmm. Obviously not enough to kill him, but no. enough to show damage was done. Mm-hmm. He'll remember Ray now. Um, so this leads to them going back to the base. Um, I, I have one gripe, and I think this is one gripe that's bothered me since I saw the movie in the theater. Kylo is laying there wounded. The planet's blowing up. Not too long after Ray gets picked up, too. 
And we see the scene where Hawks is in Snoke's chambers and says the planet's falling apart, and he says, bring Kylo. The planet doesn't fall till too, uh, too far after that. How did he get to Kylo so fast and take off before that planet blew? Didn't that happen a little abrupt, a little abruptly, like really, really quickly? Ship could have been right there that he could have met, had grab him and yeah. evacuate. That's true. It just, it just to me, it just felt like it moved a little too fast. I agree. It they, it did move a little too fast, but I feel like that's it's a little gripe. It's not a good explanation. Is that you know there was a ship that happened to have been right there in the area still. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's teleportation too. Uh, maybe uh, it's possible. possible. It's possible. So I mean, it's it's small gripe. It's no big deal. A lot of action movies even do that stuff too. So it's it's common. But um. Yeah, so this leads us to the scene where he said Ray and Leia. You know, we talked about that. And then we get a our final scene where she gets to the planet of Luke Skywalker's first Jedi Temple. And the lightsaber comes out. Luke's looks intently. His lightsaber's been found. Who is this woman? Does How he know her? How is it the fact that his lightsaber's been found? His mechanized hand is out like he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know if he should take it or not. Seems like he's in a bit of a conflict there. He, he looks a little conflicted. Oh, by the way, I said Luke Skywalker's first Jedi Temple. It's uh, The planet's actually called Acto, an Acto, I forget what it's called, but you know, first Jedi Temple. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. He, he doesn't like it. He looks at it like it's a bad reminder of something. Do I want to take this? I mean, like, obviously, we know from watching the trailers for Last Jedi, he obviously takes the saber, lightsaber. Right. And then Rey uses it, because that's the sword she appears to be training with, unless she constructs her own saber, which is also entirely possible. That's what Jedis typically do. So, And then that makes you think, what is going to happen... In the Last Jedi, actually, what do you think of uh, just going on the lightsaber bit now? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the? What did you think of the design of Kylo Ren's saber? Um, it felt as though they felt like they had to do something different with a villain's saber to make it different from what they've done before. Some people have said that the saber appears unfinished because of the. You notice lightsabers have that very straight glow to them. They look perfect, like a straight sword on the inside of the glow. Yeah. His looks ragged, and like a, like a what, dull laser. Which is what I was going to mention to you. What did you think of the fact that it looked like his saber had, had, was, had like energy that was pulsing outwards from it in random spots? It wasn't, you know, like the normal saber where it had that glow around it. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a it consistent wasn't just thing. It was a consistent, you know, bladed shape. It was more like a uh, saw in shape mm-hmm. with how it was formed. Very, very. And maybe it was. Edged. Maybe the whole. Obviously, he learned from you know watching Vader, watching Luke. He saw how they got their hands cut off and everything. Right. He had the crossroads like, "Uh, uh-uh, oh, motherfucker, it ain't gonna happen to me." <laughs> But no, I personally think that maybe it's an unstable lightsaber. 
Yeah, I, I'd i like to kind of know why he has an unfinished saber. What kind of led to that? Why is that? Because we've never yeah, seen yeah, what that before. What if it really is? Maybe that's just how he, maybe that's how it was just designed. That's possible, too. Maybe that's just how it was, you know, how it was constructed. Maybe he wanted it constructed that way. And especially with the edges pointing outward on the sides, which we've never seen that before, either. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so this leads us to the end of the movie. So this leads us basically into a few more Last Jedi theories. Um, Overall, what would you rate this movie? Um, A lot of people give me flack because I'm... Okay, first of all, let me let me start with the fact of what my favorite Star Wars movie is in general. My favorite Star Wars movie still to this day is is Episode Two. I I love Attack of the Clones. I do, and 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 that has lots of stuff to do with the fact that a I grew up with those movies, and b I like Obi Wan Kenobi, I like Anakin Skywalker, I like Padme, I like those characters, and I like the story that Attack of the Clones tells. You know, leading up to the beginning of the Clone Wars, and uh, and learning about the clones, and and uh, how Palpatine rises to the Senate. Just that that to me is a is, is a great story, and and a lot of people give me flack about that, and you know that's fine. It's, me it's me fine. personally, my favorite was Episode Five, Empire. Oh, Empire by far is that's my favorite one of the original trilogy, hands down. And I think that's my favorite out of this entire franchise. Been five. That's that's pretty impressive. Cause mine mine goes the prequels. I like two, two one three. Yes, Episode one is my second favorite. Cause I I Darth Maul's in that movie. Fucking Liam Neeson's in that movie. Okay, it's Liam Neeson. Yeah. You know, so I like two one three, and then. And then five, because you know five's by far my favorite of the original trilogy. Actually, as of right now, episode six actually is my least favorite. Go figure. Well, yeah. But um, yeah, this movie though, um, I'm um, when I first saw it, I was comparing to the prequels a little too much, and I guess that really wasn't fair to do, you know. Um, but this is a start to a great story, and I, I am I, this movie left me wanting more, and isn't that the the goal, that's mm-hmm. that's the goal. It leaves you wanting more. It wants you wants you to know what's going to happen next, and uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the new characters. I thought they were very well done. I liked having Han Solo back and Princess Leia back. Look forward to seeing more of Luke. So I give this movie a very high recommendation, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. I mean, that's like out of ten, what would you rate it? Easily, I probably give every Star Wars movie a ten. That's being biased, but if I'm going to go by individual, this deserves probably a good solid eight or nine out of ten in the Star Wars series. I agree with you. I think it deserves a high rating. I don't necessarily think it deserves that high. Okay. I mean, yes, I it is a good movie. It is a good Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it could may have been even better than the prequel trilogy. The, all of them? Yeah. Okay. I had very good expectations, and they followed through with that. Yeah, they did. No question. The biggest gripe I have with this is going to be the same gripe that everyone else has had with The Force Awakens, okay. and that is the fact that they, that Abrams tried way too hard to stick to the original trilogy. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he added enough variance from that and to adding in a whole new storyline. It just seems like it's just an updated version of the same exact story. 
Um, in a sense, I, I, there is a, there is a lot of similarities in some of the story structure. I mean, I think enough here is done differently to make it different from that. But um, I can see where you're talking about some of the similarities and some of the things he could have done differently to divert away. Like, for instance, the Starkiller base, very Death Star-ish. Did that need to be like that? No, that wasn't needed. It could have been something else that could have done that to the planets. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I could see your angle on that one. Um, I think enough here is done differently, but there are similarities. I think that's the good news with with Last Jedi is that um, we're not going for nostalgia here now. I think so we're kind of in a safe I'd bed. Probably rate something like a seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay, that, that's that's a, fair, that's a fair rating overall. Um, I I can see that angle, and it's still very high. I mean, it's still a solid rating, and so I mean, but uh, yeah. Other than that, um. You know, we got Last Jedi. As, as we're recording this, Last Jedi comes out in five days. Well, we're seeing it in five days, six days for the normal public. We're seeing the early um, uh, 7.30 screening on Thursday night. And then you've also got the Hollywood showing tonight. Tonight, yeah. So we were hoping we were to have We were trying this... to get this podcast done to coincide with the reviews for that. Some so that Twitter way reactions, yeah. could have given you some reactions for them. But didn't work out that way they're running late i mean i think their premiere started at 7 30 our time his movie's not going to end at least till 10 if it started on time so we're talking 10 30 for twitter reviews that's about an hour from us now so um, i mean which is fine that's not a big deal but let's go into little theories that that just random that you might have had from watching this and just thinking about this overall the last couple of years yeah let's start with you what do you think where I think Last Jedi is going to go. What, where Last Jedi is going to go. Any theories that you may have that might hold any sort of relevance to, say, this movie connected to the old trilogies? Um. Well, that kind of goes based on our theory that we know that Episode Nine is going to tie in all three trilogies that we've heard. Um... I think I think my final theories on Last Jedi really have to do with the fact um, I think we're going to get a lot more answers this time around. Um, we will get Ray's parents. We 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 may or may not get Snoke. I'm kind of hoping we do. But um, I, I, I do think Luke's going to survive this. I do. I think Luke's going to survive this. I think he's. I think at this rate, since Carrie Fisher passed, I think. They need him to be an important part of Episode Nine because now they don't have Leia and Han's dead. I think they still need a piece of that saga there in Nine if they're going to tie all these, you know, these trilogies together. Yeah, I think that's that's the safe bet. Um, uh, there's. I'm going to throw a completely random theory out here. Okay. That I mentioned to you already before. Mm-hmm. And that's the parentage of, you know, our new cast of heroes. Okay. Obviously, we have our theories of Ray, which we'd already discussed. Mm-hmm. Who knows about Finn? Yeah. Who's Finn tied to? If anybody. But who is he tied to if he is? I, personally, with um, Poe, take a look back at the original trilogy people mm-hmm. at Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Uh, I he- think... Poe is related to, if not the son of Lando. And that's entirely possible. I mean, he's a he's a good pilot. We know Lando was a good pilot. I mean, there are definitely some things that go 
the way of that that could support that theory um it's very possible and um yeah i mean yeah I, even even with finn being lando's son too that's possible too i mean um but um i think the the last big theory that i've heard for last jedi and then i'll lead you into yours um i've heard some also some fan theories that at the end of this film at the end of last jedi snoke may absorb Ray's power because actually there was a line in Force Awakens that I caught upon where um, Han said to Kylo about he just wants your power to take your power. So maybe Snoke is so weak because he's he he needs to take gather people big in the Force and collect their power to become strong again. And maybe he's gonna try to at the end of the movie. Some people think he's gonna take Ray's power. And some people think it's just going to happen where she's going to lose her power. Some people think it's, she's going to turn her bad so he controls her. It's possible. You never know. Could be the cliffhanger. I personally am thinking that we're going to find out what happened with Ray that she was left on Jakku. Mm-hmm. we got to find that after out. After all these years. we got to find that out. I have my theory on it, and that it's the fact that Going back to my theory of obviously uh, Han and Leia being her parents, mm-hmm. I think that after what happened to uh, Ben and he ended up turning to the dark side and following Snoke, mm-hmm. I think when they realized what had happened, they had brought her to Jakku to protect to her, protect her, keep her safe. Mm-hmm. And had left her there. I think we're gonna find that out in this film. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think we almost have to, considering we saw the flashbacks, you know, scenes or the scenes with the lightsaber in Force Awakens. It feels like we need to see that story whole filled here. Exactly. But um, yeah. So okay. So give me some of your final predictions. What do you think's gonna happen in Last Jedi? That's gonna advance the story here to nine. I personally think that we're going to see the end of a Skywalker. Whether it be Leia, like they've been showing in the film, like in the commercials, the trailers, Mm -hmm. or it's going to be Luke, like I've been saying. I had a feeling that it was going to be. I feel like they need to do that in order to progress the story. It's possible. It's possible. Luke may indeed fall here. I also believe that as early as the end of this film, we may end up seeing Kylo Ren come to the light. Yeah, that's been the other theory, too, here. By the end of this movie, we might see... Some people think it's going to be a flip-flop. Kylo's going to go good, Ray's going to go bad, and it's going to flip-flop. I don't know if it's going to flip-flop, but I, I think Kylo's going to I don't think gonna it's going to flip-flop, but... I have a feeling that by the end of this film we might end up seeing Kylo Ren come to the light. I can agree with that. I think that's going to happen. I think there's been some hints even in Force Awakens that it might go that way. And then... Hmm. Is there another thing? I think we're going to get the reveal of Snoke in this film. We might. I'm hoping we do. I'm hoping they're not going to make us wait till 9 for that or maybe at least give us some more hints to lead us in a direction. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. So to close this out, um, I'm going to ask five questions. 
and we're going to revisit these in our last Jedi review because we want to see if we nail these. So my first question is, number one, does Rey fall to the dark side in Last Jedi by the end? I say no. Okay. Does Kylo turn to the light? As much as I predicted this, I don't think we're going to see it in this film. Okay. I think we might see it early in Episode Nine. Okay. But say it could happen as early as The Last Jedi, near the end of the film. So you think it's not going to happen in this film just yet? I don't think just yet. Okay. Alright, if Snoke is in fact revealed, who do you think it is? Jar Jar. Alright. Um, the fate of Luke and Leia. I think... I'm going to go back on my word right now, for now at least, and say Luke is going to survive only because of the fact that, you know, Carrie Fisher is no longer with us. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Leia's going to be killed in this. Okay. And my final question is... This one's been getting me here. What do you think... What do you think our cliffhanger's going to be? Because I think there's going to be one. I think it's going to end with... You know... The whole... Kylo Ren reaching his hand out it might, it might just end on that? Yeah. That's possible. I like that. Okay. Alright. I don't think they may they meant to do that. I think they may have inadvertently given, a, given us the ending of the film. It's possible. Some trailers have actually actually have done that. They think that you'll never be th- they'll never show you the ending, but sometimes they do to throw you off. It's possible. Okay. Same so, questions to you. Alright. So, the first question was Raid dark or light by the end? Um, I hope she doesn't, but I'm getting this feeling by the end of the movie there's going to be shades of darkness that are going to come out, and it's going to basically make the audience not know either, which way she's going to fall by the end of the movie. There's going to okay. be a balance. There's going to be a balance issue. Um, number two, the... What was number two? That was... Um, Oh, crap. What was number two? <laughs> I forgot my own question. Um, told you that we should have written these, <laughs> this stuff down. Uh, I want to say it was about Kylo Ren. Oh, Ren, or, uh, Kylo Ren, good or bad by the end of the movie. Still be bad with the glimmer of the light maybe coming back into play. Snoke... Sticking with Darth Plagueis. Fate of Luke and Leia. Luke survives, Leia survives. But, um... They're gonna have to find a way to write Leia off, I guess, in 9. But I think they're both gonna survive. And then finally, the cliffhanger. Um... I have a feeling it's gonna end... I'm gonna go with the setting. Snoke's throne room. Snoke... takes the power from Rey that scene from the trailer and he becomes powerful and Rey feels weak with the force and I think maybe he's going to give her a command like Palpatine kind of does with Anakin and it's going to end like that 
it's possible. So, all right then. Well, we are only five days out from Last Jedi. Uh, we will have our review up within a week after. Right. We've gone to see the Last Jedi. We'll have a review up, and then once we get done with that. Oh, we'll take a little break from doing this, just so that we can try and get any responses from this. Or figure out what we're going to review next. Oh, we'll try and see if we get any requests in. Hopefully we do. Please do. If not, then we'll leave it up to fate as to what we end up deciding to do. Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. All right, everybody. Well, please, you know, subscribe to our uh, uh, Facebook page. You can find us at the Lights, Camera, Action, the Movie Podcast on Facebook. Like us there for all the updates on stuff. Submit stuff. You know, follow us. Um, we'll also be getting a Twitter page up. I'm going to try to get an Instagram page up. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes. Um, we'll also be posting on YouTube and many other different sites. We'll keep you posted as to where else we post this, but we'll definitely be on iTunes. I and... know for sure that you will not be able to find the entire podcast on YouTube. Sorry, people that are you that try and do that. You're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, there's you'll, this... you'll find maybe little snippets here and there, but yeah. you're not going to get an entire podcast put up there. Yeah, usually YouTube, you, you have to do certain things to get be able to post a video that's longer than a certain amount of time. So uh, we'll try to get our podcast up in full there if we can. Um, but uh, definitely on iTunes and a couple other channels, we'll keep you posted there. Uh, but thanks for listening, and you know we hope to have you continue to listen to us and subscribe to the podcast and become a constant follower. Um, so thanks for listening. Um, I'm Mike Winkler, and I'm Jason Gabasic, and uh, that's a wrap. And we'll see you on Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Show me my place in all this.